I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord God's name together. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. And blessed is the man and the woman that trust in him. This is the day, new community, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So that was for me. Because it's hard to bless the Lord at all times when I booted up on the first Sunday in March. Full uh, winter gear um, as we uh, try and beat the rain and the snow this morning. So that was for me. I'm a little bitter this morning, so I had to encourage myself. Um, So today we're wrapping up our sermon series on our values. Um, And uh, Michelle and Pastor Michelle and Pastor David have um, gone through over the past couple months um, what those values are that we came up with maybe a year and a half ago. And these are the values of our community that um, we have decided that these are the things that define us. These are um, the things that make up our identity. And so today will be the last sermon within this series. And um, it's broken down into three different categories. The last category is kingdom. And so today, uh, the section I will uh, be preaching on is neighborhood. Um, And so that last sentence of that particular value, um, it says, we desire to be intentionally present to our neighborhood as we discern the Holy Spirit's invitation to love our neighbors. And so that's what uh, we will focus on today. Um, As I thought about um, this sermon, it was really hard for me to separate neighbors from neighborhood. Um, So when we think about a neighborhood, we think of streets, parks, schools. Um, These things delineate um, neighborhood. Um, But those things need people to inhabit them. Um, And so you'll kind of hear me flip-flop back and forth between neighbors, neighborhood, um, neighborhood as community of neighbors is the way that I kind of looked at this. Um, and so within our um, denomination, uh, the Evangelical Covenant Church, um, we uh, believe in the centrality of scripture. And so we often ask the question, where is it written? Um, and so with that, um, we will go to the book of Jeremiah. Where does this value come from and why have we used this value to define ourselves? Um, So the scripture may look a little uh, different than how it's written in your particular Bible. I'm using the inclusive Bible um, translation this morning. We'll be in Jeremiah 29. Um, If you have your Bibles, um, please stand um, to honor the reading of God's word with me. Jeremiah 29, verses 5 through 7. Build houses to live in, plant gardens and eat what they grow, marry and raise daughters and sons. Find wives for your husbands and husbands for your daughters, that they may bear daughters and sons. Multiply while you are there, do not decrease. Rather, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have exiled you. Pray to Yahweh for it, for if it prospers, you will prosper. 
This is the word of the Lord. You can have your seats. Okay, please pray with me. Um, Father God, I thank you for this moment. God, I thank you for uh, this opportunity to break the bread of life to these, your people. God, I pray um, that you would stand up inside of me. I pray that if what you desire to say is not on my manuscript, that you would put it in my mouth. These, your people, have come and they've gathered to hear what thus saith the Lord. And so, God, I pray that you would not disappoint. God, I pray that your spirit would be present in me to be your mouthpiece this morning to your people. And so, God, where um, there is need of of deliverance, God, um, uh, speak through me. God, where there is a need of healing, God, speak through me. Where there is a need of hope, God, speak through me this morning. God, where there is a need of instruction, speak through me this morning. Where there is a need for correction, God, speak through me this morning. I surrender myself to you and ask that you would speak through me and use me as your vessel. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so normally I uh, preach from um, a piece of paper, and um, you need ink to do that. And so um, that didn't happen, Uh, so I might struggle a little bit with this computer. Um, So let me start off by saying a little bit about the context um, of our scriptural text this morning. So the Israelites had been unfaithful to God in spite of his continuously sending prophets to chastise the people. God was long-suffering with his beloved people, but they continued in their evil ways and evil practices. Disgusted with their disobedience and idol worship, God declared that he would use King Nebuchadnezzar to capture Jerusalem and send its inhabitants into Babylonian exile. And there is where we find the people of God in this morning's text. They are in Babylonian exile, listening to the newest instructions of their sovereign God, as prophesied through the prophet Jeremiah. God's word for them was to get comfortable, settle down into the land of exile, to bloom where he had planted them. So this morning, we're just going to look at a couple of things. Um, It's potluck Sunday, so um, I'm going to be, try to be short and sweet. Um, So um, just two points that I've pulled out of this text, God's leading and God's transformation, um, as they relate to um, our calling to be intentionally present to our neighborhoods. So as we process the text this morning, let's think about how we can engage this both as a church community and individually in each of our own lives. So I invite you to also think about this subject as it relates to various places in your life where you've been called by God, um, whether that's um, where you work, where you go to school, where you live. Um, think of neighbors and neighborhood as communities um, where God has called you. So verse 4 says, which we didn't read, but verse 4 of our text um, says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the Israels whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. God speaks these words of instruction to people who have landed where he sent them. God led them there. God orchestrated that place of exile, and he was present with them there. As I meditated on the fact that God led them there, I thought about times in my life when I have felt like God has sent me 
into exile. One of those times was being sent here to new community. If I can be honest with you this morning, I can tell you that sometimes being a part of new community feels like exile to me. For 10 years prior to coming to New Community Covenant Church, I was part of Trinity United Church of Christ on the south side of Chicago. I loved walking into the church on Sunday morning or weekday evenings and finding a sea of beautiful black people who love themselves, don't degrade themselves, and celebrate the Imago Dei, that is, the image of God in the African-American being. You see, it's an Afrocentric church that celebrates who I am, an African in diaspora. That is a descendant of an African people who were brought to this country by force. I am too many generations removed to trace my heritage to any particular African country, let alone village. So America is my home, but it is a place where still... People categorize and judge me according to the sun-kissed nature of my skin. And there in the village of Trinity, I found a place of love and celebration of who I am in my African-American person. And so understand that when God began to deal with me about leaving Trinity, I looked around like, where else is there for me to go? It doesn't get any better than this. This is the place, Trinity, where I learned to love me and the embodiment of God in the life of an African-American woman. Here is where God confirmed that he didn't make a mistake when he created people of African descent. Here is where I learned that my people didn't begin in slavery, but as kings and queens in Africa. Here is where I learned that the superiority complex of white America is unfounded. This is the place that taught me that my dark-hued skin is not a birthmark that relegates me to a place of second-class citizenship. This is the place where I first realized the unlikelihood that Jesus had blonde hair and blue eyes. God, help me understand why you want me to leave this place. This place has shaped me. The confident woman who stands before you today, how can I leave this place? To where shall I go? To the place you will show me? Okay, I need a map, Jesus. I need a map, and then I'll let you know if I'm going. Sometimes new community feels like exile to me. Multiracial, multicultural congregation means a very different church context to anything that I have ever known. But on the flip side, I am content because I know that the presence of God is here. In this church, with these people, even if sometimes I feel like I'm in exile. When I look back and trace my story, I see God's leading in my landing here. No random luck of the draw, but God's sovereignty and forethought landed me here in this neighborhood church. 
Here is where I accepted my calling into vocational ministry. Here is where I first experienced authentic community in a church context. Here is where God provided space for me to practice ministry like right now, y'all guinea pigs. Here is where I had the opportunity to be intern pastor for a year and a half under a most humble man of God. Here is where I experience the fullness of God's kingdom. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue, worshiping at the throne. And so what about you? Where are there places and spaces in your life where you feel as though you have been led into exile? You're not quite sure why God has led you there, to that place, to those people. Or maybe it doesn't feel like exile, but there's a new place in your life where God has led you to be a part of a new place and a new people. Maybe it's the new daycare where your kids go or the home you just leased or bought or the place you attend college or grad school, your place of employment, the sports or dance class your kid just joined, the workout facility you are part of, the grocery store you frequent, or if you were not born with a cooking bone in your body like me, maybe the restaurants that you frequent. As you think about these places in your life, I wonder if there is a purpose that God has designed for your residence in that place. Today, I believe God is calling us to intentionally consider why we have been planted there, in that place, with those people. So um, uh, some of you know that um, I moved to San Diego for a year on internship shortly after uh, we moved into this uh, building for for worship. Um, And part of the time that I was there, um, I lived in, um, for the last three months, um, a a California-style um, apartment building, if anyone's familiar with what that looks like. Um, there are four or five units on the top, four or five on the bottom, stair cases on either side um, to get upstairs to the, to the units. And I described the building because I need you to um, understand where my nosy neighbor was situated in the building. Um, so he was situated right on the corner, right in front of the staircase um, that was most convenient um, to getting to my apartment. So as I moved in, uh, he had already gotten my whole life story before I arrived uh, from a friend of mine who was uh, helping me move. Um, And so, um, of course, um, uh, uh, we we met. And uh, once we met, I I really um, understood what time it was with him. And so, um, of course, by the second week, the whole complex knew that I was a, a chaplain in a hospital Um, My beloved neighbor let me know that his door was always open. It was literally always open. (laughs) And so as I'm running off to work late every morning, I prepare myself before I walk out the door. Um, I make sure that I have um, my bag securely fastened to my back. Um, so that I can sprint past his door. I don't speak until my foot is on the second stair so that he can't start chatty cathy it up while I'm running late for work. It was a whole system that I had worked out there. 
So it was my custom even um, after work to not tarry outside. I'll blame it on my introversion. But um, my task was to gather my bags in secure fashion, um, race to the door, and uh, shut the door um, after um, I got home from work in the evening. And so the day I was leaving, um, I, my door was very much open. I was moving, I was packing, taking things to the car, throwing trash away, in and out. The door was pretty much open most of the day, and I was very, very visible that day. Um, my next-door neighbor... And this is not, I'm sorry, this is not the nosy neighbor, but uh, the woman that lived right next door to me. Um, She came into my apartment, and she confirmed the fact that she knew uh, that I was a chaplain. And she'd been struggling with the death of a close friend who um, had cancer. And so she talked to me a little bit about um, taking care of the the woman's um, uh, affairs and Um, having a car that the woman owned. And she just began to tell me the story of how um, she had been struggling with how to um, reconcile this death in her heart. Um, And she confirmed the fact um, that that she knew I was a chaplain and and she'd been struggling in this way. And and here's um, what crushed me. Um, She said that many times she wanted to knock on the door and talk to me, but that I always seemed so busy rushing here and there, and she didn't want to bother me. She didn't want to disturb me. So when she left, I cried. I cried because my spirit grieved this missed God opportunity. It wasn't a good opportunity. Many good opportunities come and go. But I was very clear that when the words fell from her tongue, that they came as a conviction from the Holy Spirit that this was a missed God opportunity to be present to the neighbor that God had strategically placed right next door. So I ask you again, where in your life are you being called to reach out to your neighbors in any area of your life? Where are you missing opportunities to serve God in small, everyday ways, simply by being present where God has planted you? And then my second point, um, just it focuses on God's transformation. Verse 7 says, seek the peace of the city. Pray on its behalf, for when it prospers, you will prosper. Many times when we think of God's instruction, we think of rules and regulations that were meant, that we are meant to follow for God's good. But if we really search the scriptures, we find that God's instructions are for the prosperity and well-being of his people. He was just telling them to do the thing that was for their own good. 
In chapter 24 of the, cha- of, of the book of Jeremiah, God begins to give Jeremiah a revelation of his plans for the people of Israel. He tells Jeremiah of the exile and reveals his purposes for it. He says that the neighborhood he is sending them to will be transformative for them. He declares that he will settle them there and give them great prosperity. He is sending them to a new and different land, but he intends it for their good. Why is he doing it? Verse 7 says, I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, for they shall return to me with their whole heart. He's doing it because he wanted to change their hearts. They're leaving this place of comfort where they gave me half-hearted worship. But I, when I bring them back, I will restore them to Jerusalem and they will be a changed people. And so I hear God saying to us this morning that as you become part of the neighbors and neighborhoods I have sent you to, transformation will happen there. Something will be changed in you. We often think of ourselves as the blessed bestowers of grace and love and truth on the people that God have sent us, has sent us to. But what if the change to happen is intended to happen in me? I believe that our perspectives are shifted as we share life with people who are very different from us. I will do a new thing in you, God says, as you become a part of the place, the people, the land where I have sent you. Transformation of your heart will take place. Dare I say, transformation of your life. And so as I close, um, I challenge us to allow God to do the work of transformation in us through our neighbors and our neighborhoods. I leave you with no answers this morning, just questions. Is there a gift in my neighbor or my neighborhood that I don't see? Where have I missed the opportunity to be changed by the places God has sent me to occupy? Is there treasure within me that I am called to pour out on my neighbor or my neighborhood? Where are there blessings of peace and transformation out of my reach because I fail to engage my neighbors or my neighborhood with my time, my talent, or my treasure? And we'll have more opportunity to um, explore these questions during our fellowship and breaking of bread um, during potluck. Um, Very similar to the way we did a couple weeks ago where um, the community had the opportunity um, to say how this and to discuss how this value um, affects um, your lives. And so as we have come up with these values at a church there, as a church, um, they are not um, Pastor Michelle's values or Pastor David's values or the leadership team's values, but they are our values that we have committed to as a people. And so um, during the potluck um, time, we will explore um, more and go further with this as we have conversation um, at our tables with, uh, with um, one another. And so more instructions about that to follow after um, we have communion. Um, but in closing, you're not passing through. 
but make a commitment to become a part of the people and the places and the neighbor and the neighborhoods that God has strategically called you to. Pray with me. God, we receive this word this morning. God, we receive this word this morning as a beckoning from on high. We receive this word as the beckoning of God to move us into to the, the, the places and the spaces that you have called us to be. The places and spaces where you have very intentionally with intentional forethought placed us. God, I pray that you would give us a mind to be aware of our neighbors. Give us a mind to be aware of the spaces you have planted us in. As I wrote this um, sermon, God brought it back to my remembrance that I, I had prayed for that neighborhood as I moved into that space. I had prayed for those people. And because I prayed, God gave me an opportunity, but I missed it. And so God, give us a heart to not only pray for our neighborhood, to not only pray for those people, but God, give us a heart to be the hands and the feet that we are praying to you for. God, give us a heart to be the healing that we pray for. God, give us a heart to be the listening ear that we pray for. God, give us a heart to be the compassion and love that we've prayed for. God, give us a heart to be the loving kindness that we've prayed for. As we pray, Holy Spirit, give us discernment to know when you're speaking and when you're moving. God, prick our hearts, prick our hearts that we would know where there is need and give us the courage to fulfill the need. God, get us outside of ourselves that we can see your need in the world that know, let us know that we don't exist only for our own good as islands unto ourselves But remind us, as the old African proverb says, that I am because we are. We are because I am. And thus, I am we. And so, God, use us for your glory in the earth. Use us um, for your glory in the places where you have planted us. God, move in the earth through these, your people through my brothers and sisters. God, prick our hearts even as we continue conversation over the potluck time. God, prick our hearts. Convict our spirits of places and spaces where you've already been speaking about this to us and even in new ways that you want to speak. Make us aware of your presence and make us aware of your calling to us that you might use us in the places and spaces where you have sent us. Father, help us to bloom where you have planted us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.